Let's go, Rider Nation. Welcome into the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks for joining us here this week. Of course, as always, you got me, Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm just a guy looking for a schedule. You're going to get one very soon. Actually, by the time most people listen to this and, and see the show, we'll have the schedule Thursday at noon, uh, Saskatchewan time, when we're going to have it. So. The last couple of weeks we've been really good at like waiting for news to break. And then the league had to do this to us. <laughs> they, they saw the recording tomorrow and, and said, ha, ah, we got you guys. <laughs> They've been holding off on this one because last year it was released December 13th. So we would have had it in our hands if we were recording, recording tonight. Alas, we are the afterthought of the CFL. Thanks guys. Um, you can give us a follow on uh, X, Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at Real Alex D. You can find me at Safamod. And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Check us out on Facebook as well. And of course, the website, pifflespodcast.com. Of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Uh, thanks to everyone listening uh, to the audio podcast wise watching on youtube of course watching on sastel max tv on demand we appreciate it um and before we get started here uh this show um kind of specifically going to be dedicated to john frenzy lynch um passed away last week at the age of 86 a lot of listeners will uh remember him as a long time radio play-by-play and color analyst uh for rough riders radio um I, I didn't get to really listen to him growing up, so I, I, I've only heard about him. But everything I've seen and, and read about him over the last week, he was very, very loved here in Rider Nation. Um, and nobody wanted this team to, to succeed more than Frenzy. So, Frenzy, hopefully uh, you're going to have a lot to cheer about this upcoming season, the way things are going right now. There's there's a lot of good trending uh things for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So I'm sure, you know, next year, a lot of that, you're going to, you're going to be very proud of it. So hopefully we do you, uh, do you well here in this show and uh, we'll miss you. Let's do the opening kickoff. So not a lot of rider news to talk about this week, guys. Um, no re-signings up until Wednesday. I thought we'd see some at some point using that 2023 salary cap, whatever's still left on it as bonuses to uh, to lock guys up. Not a single one over the last week. Not even, uh, you know, depth guys, practice roster type guys. Nothing. Not one. They've been quiet. And now week. that we're into the 12 days of Christmas, you'd think maybe they'd start releasing them through this with DeMarcus Christmas as the obvious December 25th. But no, they're not doing anything. It's radio silence. Something's got to be happening. There's, they have to have some uh, contract in a drawer somewhere. I, I cannot believe that 
uh, and I understand that Mace has been on a family vacation shortly after they were here, a much deserved one. But I, you have to think there was some discussions on players, and they probably are hammering out some final details because Lord knows they need to start signing guys because it's yeah pretty quiet. And and we haven't really seen any of the big name free agents um, re-signed yet. Those are the ones we're waiting on. A guy like CJ Revis. Um, that's that's the main one I'm looking for. Someone on the D line, whether it's Lanier, whether it's Robertson, Micah Johnson. Like there's some big time players. Larry Dean for linebackers. There's some big time guys that are free agents, and I'd feel a lot better going into uh, 2024 with a few more of those names under contract. But they're coming. They're coming. They have to be right. They can't let everyone go. Like this. This can't be a Chris Jones like like hatchet job. You know what's really funny is a lot of people want that to happen. I've seen a lot of comments just be like, you know what? This, they were on two back-to-back bad teams. Like, get rid of everybody and just start fresh. Like, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's impossible. Um, but there's some people that kind of want that. But yet, a lot of people that want that are the same people that mad that Chris Jones got rid of, you know, Weston Dressler. John Chick and Tyron Brackenridge in his first, you know, week on the job. So um, most people in Rider Nation don't understand irony. <laughs> I've learned that doing this show over the last eight years. Hey, Festivus is next week, guys. Yeah, save that. Festivus save is that. Next we'll week. save that. Yeah. Um, but there is some Rider news uh, that just came out uh, on, uh, what was it, the 12th. Sam Emelis. And TJ Brunson, linebacker, uh, worked out for the Arizona Cardinals. They had their own little CFL mini workout uh, with a couple other guys around the league as well. Um, Sam Emelis, obviously the uh, the more intriguing name um, out of the two. I mean, you don't fault the guy for going to the NFL. Obviously, if you can ever you know get a chance, obviously you have to take it. Selfishly, as a Ryder fan, though, I hope he sticks in Saskatchewan. I, I, I'm of, yeah, I have two minds on this one as well. Like it's always great to see a guy succeed. Cause like I've said several times as a player, always take the money, always take the money. Your career is short, get paid while you can. And he had a great season last year, but yeah, same thing. I would rather see him another year in the league, in the CFL, get a little more seasoning on him. Cause he only did have that one good year, but like I said, you can't fault the guy for trying. Despite what some goofball out in BC is saying regarding uh, Sam Emelis, the Cardinals aren't out here mining for Ryder backup. These are two quality players. We saw what TJ Brunson could bring in his short uh, stint here. He's got the makings of being a solid defensive player. And Sam Emelis is one of the top Canadian receivers in the league. Like the, That league. would be a huge loss for this team. Yes, we've got Le- Lenius coming up. Yes, Schaefer Baker will be back. But Emelis was a quality player. And I think the guy from BC was just mad about that play where, uh, where Emelis absolutely torched their defense for, uh, for that, that pl- one of the highlights of the year in our well, last TJ, <laughs> TJ Brunson, the first play in on, on the teams. active rockers, he destroyed a guy. That was one of the loudest hits I've heard in the new stadium. Cause that echoed, smoked just him. went right through him. 
And uh, the, I mean, the good thing though with uh, Sam Amelis is that he is under contract to the Riders for 2024. So obviously, if something doesn't happen for the NFL, he will be back. So it's not like it's a free agent going there and then so many question marks around that. Will he be back? Sam Amelis will be back for next season if he's not in the NFL. So that that is the good news uh, for Rider fans. And, and, I, yeah. and I believe under the new deal that if he goes down there, he's still property of the Riders as long as his contract still exists. So it's yeah, not so like one, in the old system where they have to release him. And he... The, the Sean Lemon rule, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if, if let's say he does make uh, or does sign a deal, maybe with the Cardinals, maybe with somebody else in the NFL, goes to training camp, gets cut, still come back here to Saskatchewan. And I know there's going to be some some roster turnover here with the Riders with a brand new, you know, head coach in charge and everything. But that's that's one guy that they're going to want to keep around. And just scratched the surface last year with with what he did and definitely like steve alluded to um not a backup like we saw someone in bc really trying to sell us on backups don't get thousand yards in i was the gonna CFL. say i wish we had more backups i got a thousand yards right to, to quote uh dave campbell that guy needs to nuke his account <laughs> feisty dave was out in full force that was great <laughs> i love both of the feisty daves dave campbell and dave Naylor. when they get going Dave, yeah. Dave Naylor had some good ones a couple weeks ago. Um, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> but honestly, that's the only news we have out of Ryderville over the last week. There, there just hasn't been much going on. It's that weird, quiet time. Hopefully, before a lot of the the resignings happen, you know, like they usually do, leading into the end of the end of the year. Um, Greg, you look like you want to. Well, say no, I know, no, no. There's definitely news that the they can't fix that A in Saskatchewan in that in that room, <laughs> and they keep still, on just. Festivus is next week, Greg. You <sighs> said it. <laughs> That's news, though. Come on, they have no money to fix the stadium. Obviously, come on. Uh, well, I mean, a uh, friend of ours, Ryan Doka, is going to be running for uh, mayor next time, Mayor Regina. Of he so. Is. Maybe uh, maybe he can get that fixed. That maybe that can be in his platform. Yeah, if he puts that in his platform, he's got my vote. <laughs> Fix the sign. Fix the A. Uh, but honestly, really, there's there's not much going on. Which which actually happens to happen a or you know, it's a good time for at least us doing the show because we can spend more time and we can pick up exactly where we left off last week. And I wanted to do this to start the show, is uh, continue talking about the marketing branding of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How can they get back to connecting with fans and feel more like that community owned team where right now it feels like almost going to a game is almost, I don't want to say elitist, but it's trending that way. And you need to find a way to broaden that and get everybody hyped about the team again, which we haven't really seen in the last six, seven years. So um, we had our opinions out there last week. We shared what we thought could go on. And we asked on, on social media, what do you think? How, how can the, and again, it wasn't, you know, to try and pick on the team and say, these guys aren't doing this. They're not doing this. It's, it's, it's a conversation. How can, how can they get better? And what can they do to, you know, get back to you spending your money on the team? Cause ultimately that's, that's what the team wants. And we want a successful team. And as long as there's a successful team, 
the money will come in. Um, so I'm going to, we're going to share some of these comments, um, that we got. Um, and there was a lot, I was blown away by the, the amount of comments that we got, especially on Facebook, just, it, it took off there and there's some really, really great comments. Um, a lot of them are, are similar as well too. Uh, I, rec so just, I recommend anyone to go to our Facebook and just read through them because we're not going to touch all of them. Unfortunately, no. we just don't have the time. But there was some really good points and counterpoints made. And it shows you how much people love this team and want to see it succeed. They're basically telling the team, take my money, yeah. but please do this. Yeah. And and you said it best last week, Alec, that we're, we're basically begging the team to listen. If ever there was an episode where I hope that the higher ups within the organization are paying attention, it needs to be this one. This next 10, 20, 30 minutes, however long we do this, clip this and send it directly to Craig Reynolds. Hi, Craig. Because we all get his email address as shareholders. And we should have a call, call apparently, as no. a shareholder. Mm -hmm. We should. Um, We'll, we'll start off with this one though. And, and these were in no order whatsoever. I just, we just kind of threw them in here and, and we're going to start talking about them. Um, Wanda said, remember the ladies sneak peek night and uh, the, the guys will love the pros and Joes that the team had. And I think both of those are, are great things, whether you want to do, you know, gender specific or, or call it ladies and guys night or whatever you want to do. That doesn't matter however you want to, you know, figure that out, but have a sneak peek night. I think that'd be fantastic. How cool would it be to, like, I know they just did a stadium tour and they, they still do stadium tours and you can pay for it and they only offer them once a week or once a month, whatever, whatever it is that they do. Um, how cool would it be the day before a game? You can go to the stadium and obviously not to get to go into every single room, but just have a little bit of a sneak peek. Uh, you know, these, these guys are watching film. Hey, you can look in the window and see these guys are, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're working out whatever they're doing. Um, something like that or getting, you know, a tour of the stadium by the coach. How cool would that be? And that was the nice thing about the pros and Joe's, I went to one in both stadiums, actually, the old uh, Taylor Field and Mosaic. And they split you off. You had, a, you had a player or two as your tour guides, small groups, and they just wandered, like you just wandered through the stadium. And they you got to talk to them about football, and they talked about this is the wage room, this is whatever. And, and then at the end, um, the one at the old stadium was the end end up at the, the Pilsner place uh, at the, what was it, the North end zone back then? And yeah, they actually, there was a, actually a fundraiser for uh, one of the Ryder foundations at the time. I think it was like for cancer or something. And yeah, you could like buy the Jersey off someone's back. I got uh, Al Alan's Jersey. I bought his Jersey that year. Um, stuff like that is a good, good way to make fans. And yeah, I, I miss those nights, but yeah, going back to your, tours when my brother got married we went to see a twins game and we did the tour uh, the pre-game uh, tour so of course we couldn't go in the locker rooms because the twins and the athletics were getting ready but yeah they toured us all around the stadium we got to we were on the field for warm-up essentially we got to stick around for batting practice like do stuff like that that is That's awesome. pretty cool 
And especially because things like that come with next to zero cost for the team. All you do is bring a couple of players into host and walk them around the building and people will go nuts for it. They, they want to do anything associated with the players. Get Corey Mace to, to do a little talk at the end. You know, just get people involved and get them running through that place. But that ladies night was fantastic from what I've heard. And it was a great place for, especially for women to, to be able to be fans without having to be put up with some of the men that, that safeguard or gatekeep uh, sports fandom. They could just go and enjoy it. I've heard nothing but good things about that, that ladies night. Ottawa actually did a uh, thing. I think it was like football one one night where it was, it was geared towards more so the super casual fan that isn't into the, the the hardcore X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. Um, But where they can start learning a little bit more about the game and you have a coach there or a player or whatever, and you can kind of start running them through drills and, and showing them things. I think that was a, that was a, that was a huge hit in Ottawa. If they could rip that off, I mean, nothing's original anymore, right? Like just about everything's been done across. Ryder stole all in from the Red Blocks last year. I saw it on uh, Twitter, so it has to be true. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, just if it works somewhere else, just do it here. Why not give it a shot? I'm I I know people will sign up for it. So uh, there's a couple there from from Wanda. a really interesting comment that I saw was from, from Susan. If I don't get a chance to meet the players, I have no interest in them. And that to me, and there's more that absolutely feel that way along with Susan. They need to be able to get the chance to meet the players. Then you, you know, you learn a little bit about them. You learn their, their life story. You become fans of theirs based off that. Right. And as soon as you're a fan of a player, okay, well, maybe I'll get his jersey or maybe I'm really, really, really going to pay attention to him and and want that guy to succeed. And obviously then the team succeeds. And I'm, But I'm really going to follow him and just be a, a, a dedicated Derek Moncrief fan. And that just goes into the whole marketing thing um, where you got to market the players. You have to make them available. Send them out everywhere not just the same three guys that we're seeing right now. Now I know the off season is a little bit weird at this time of year because there's a lot of pending free agents. A lot of guys that you might want to see aren't going to be with the team next year. How many guys are back at home that don't want to come back up here in, you know, middle of the winter and, and do that. So there's a little, a little bit of a balancing act there, but it just goes to show that you want to get the players out there. Ryan also said it, uh, get the players out everywhere, market the stars and make them accessible. To me, that's what makes the CFL so great is that the players are so accessible. The NFL, you can't get an interview with anybody. You can't just go up to you know Patrick Mahomes and talk to him. Like, there's no way that happens. You could see a CFL player in the, the shopping market getting groceries and you can stand there I and talk to Joseph him. At for- Walmart. Yeah, you can talk to them for half an hour and they love it. And that's what, you know, it, it, it makes you feel more important because holy cow, okay, Richie Hall's walking by. I can say, hey, Richie, and he'll stop and literally talk to me for 20 minutes. He'll take the time out of his day to do that. I feel great because holy cow, I just, you know, talked to Richie Hall. It's the same across the CFL. 
So they need to be able to, you know, get these players accessible to more events. And that's just, you know, not piling on, but just adding to what we talked about last week, get them out to events, get them everywhere where anybody can go up and say, hi, remember. And I, I think in... the biggest, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. I, I think the biggest part of that is not just get them out and get them signing and doing things. They have to be actually present and involved. Cause one of the things I've heard and my wife brought it up to me is that nowadays it almost seems like players just, Sign the sign whatever and movie down the line. Sign whatever and movie down the line. There's no there's no interaction at these player events that they've got. They need to find ways to actually get the players and the fans interacting so that you do feel like you're part of the team and feel like, you know, you can root that particular guy on. Because hey, you're 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 friends with Derek Moncrief now. I hope he does great. Like you said. That's what they need to do. It's not just the to get players out it's to get them out and get them interacting that has gone far off the wayside well remember early in piffles they um was it uh grant that had that bowling night or was that johnson that had the bowling night uh i think that was javon johnson yeah so yeah. player put together this charity event sam was a piffles team and we were with uh, guavin i still follow his career like he's bouncing around the NFL and I still follow him because we, we played with him that night and awesome dude. And it was a fun night bowling with him and now he's making it great in the NFL. So like just that little bit of one-on-one -on -one time over something as ridiculous as bowling. I'm a fan of Sam McGuavin. Just don't, just don't go bowling when you're in the middle of a potential playoff race and losing six oh, straight too. and you're going to take the yeah, team yeah, bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't uh, talk about that part of it. <laughs> um, Carlin actually mentioned that the rider rewards. Why are there no more experiences with the team like bowling or meet and greets? Um, and, and I know the team just did uh, the rider rewards. You had to enter the sweepstakes and you got the stadium tour with Derek Moncrief. Cool. If you won very, very cool. I don't necessarily think that should be a sweepstakes thing where you potentially put in thousands of, you know, season ticket holder points and get nothing in return if you don't get picked. So I never actually checked if I won anything on that one. I probably should have actually checked my email. Yeah, check your email. Um, <laughs> but more of that, like that should be a thing that isn't a sweepstakes thing. Like I get it. You can't take every single person all the time. I, I totally understand that. That's impossible for the team. Make 20 spots available. It's this much. Do it once a month doesn't have and have a different player do it each time you can make it work it's one night out of their out of their time you can make that work i i had such high hopes for that rider reward program when they brought it out and when it launched there are some great things with it i know you like to take advantage of the uh the avana uh the platinum seats. yeah free chip the, the platinum great like, Alex, there Alex, are some... a plus guy my new favorite uh piffles host after telling me about that one there there have been some great things from that that we've seen. But even, I remember lat, not this previous season, but the year before, you could use 100 points and you could get on the field after the game. Yeah. Or you could use 100 points and be a flag holder. Or, you know, there, were, there felt like there was some value to those points. Yes, the, the seed upgrade is fantastic. And I recommend anybody that has a chance, no, don't do it, because we want to make sure it's there for us next year. Yeah. But 
they need to take a, take that and find a way to use that to market because they're not doing that at all. There's no value. I don't even check my points throughout the season because I don't, I've never found anything interesting. It just, even last year you could buy a, a rider gift card with your points, which forces a guy to go in with their $10 off and spend money at the store. Yeah. Spoiler alert, you can't find anything at the Rider store for under 10 bucks. So you're not getting anything for free there. You have to <laughs> get those money. pins. You can buy one of those collector pins. But you had to go in and physically spend money. And in while you're in there, they have the 40 hats that uh, uh, that Adam was talking about. Or the literal museum filled with Rider merch that you had to walk through to get to the counter. Lo- taking that away was just questionable at best. Because all it cost them was a $5 gift card to get people in the door. It just, that that program, I, I hope they can revamp it into 2024 because it has a ton of potential. They just peed it all away. Uh, Mike had a really interesting uh, uh, comment. Um, he wants the team to kind of be like the Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions, all recently let have fans vote on their team's rebrand. Not necessarily that the Riders are going to rebrand it anytime soon, but the vote makes you feel like the community is being truly represented. Uh, The Browns just recently had pick your, our permanent part-time logo, whatever it was, that's going to be on center at center field. Instead the of new, having the new dog, the new yeah. Uh, dog logo, yeah. Yeah, so you got to vote on that on social media, and there was rounds of that, and it it kept them, you know, in the in the news, in the public eye for I think probably about a month or so. The Saskatchewan Rush, just with their rebrand. I was about I was about to bring that up, right? Uh, the Saskatoon they had rowdy or horny. They had yeah. rowdy or horny. Yeah, like, and they were never going to go with horny. horny. Never, run. never. No, run. but it kept their name in the in the forefront in people's minds for a while. Are they going to do it? Oh my goodness. What if they'd actually do it? People were talking about it and that's what you want. You want people to talk about your brand. And if you get that here in Saskatchewan, if you get the people feeling like they're making the decisions and their, and their vote matters, that that's huge. And you know, they could do a whole bunch of things by vote, vote on the, the playoff game, jerseys that we wear or the labor day jerseys yeah we know the retro ones will always win but let us vote on it let us let us make us feel like we picked the thing that you were going with anyways hell fake the vote nobody's gonna know pick the thing you want but just that's what they do with the rowdy horny thing (laughs) there's a reason why why rowdy actually won that no there's no way (laughs) and the cfl twitter rewards when those were a thing um (laughs) Oh, you almost got Greg to do a full-on spit take there. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> for um, socks, I would like to point out that was for socks. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Marsha, um, ticket prices, especially youth, need to be lowered, especially with the added increases in tax. Of course, that's the the PST on entertainment now. <laughs> um, get a kids zone in the stadium again. Um, maybe it's an alcohol-free zone. Um, and then also said that you're getting charged to get a ticket printed. Um, now, 95% of people will have the smartphone and that's how you get into it. There still is a group of fans and my mom is one of them that wants the physical ticket 
printed. My mom barely knows how to use her smartphone. I, I think she knows how to text, maybe. Um, I don't think she knows how to use the camera on it. Um, hi, mom. Because um, I know she's watching this. Um, so she's but also, but charging five bucks to get a ticket printed? Come on, guys. Like, that's, you can incur that. Like, you, you can take in that cost because that costs pretty much nothing. When it's so few and far between, you can just do that for people. And don't get me wrong, I understand you want to push to a paperless society, blah, 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 or whatever. Chances are they could waive that fee tomorrow and no one's going to notice. No. But the people that will notice, it makes a big difference. Exactly. And, you know, we saw this with Grey Cup tickets where they're, they moved away from the actual physical tickets and people lost their minds. And they, they created a collector's edition version. How great would it be as a season ticket holder? I realize my ticket itself has no, like I can't go and get a, a collector's ticket for my whole season. That's too much work. But imagine if they actually printed out ticket season ticket booklets that you could buy for $20. And it didn't necessarily have your season your ticket number on it. But it had the, the 10 tickets and the playoff game, something you could display or put away if that was your thing. Because that's a big deal for a lot of people is those those actual ticket stubs from major games they've been to. Like, I'd love to have a ticket stub from the, the 52 nothing bomber butt kicking. Right? Like, that's that'd be something I'd put in a frame just because yeah. I was there. It's one of those, where were you when? Exactly. So have that I... option. Print off a ticket. And it's a moneymaker. <laughs> Sell it for 20 bucks. Rider fans will that. buy anything of value with the logo on it. And a lot of things that don't have value with the logo on it. I That's have one a, where they could actually market it for a good, a, a decent amount of money and make pure profit. I have a new England Patriots ticket book from their last, um, Super Bowl run. Cause you could buy those after the fact, like it's, it's a not it bad idea. It wasn't that long ago that the Saskatchewan rough riders before they went digital with their tickets had fans on the on their tickets yep. literally that. on the season tickets that were given out i was on there i was one of them that was part of whatever game it was and that's so cool like maybe you know almost 40 year old me doesn't want that i don't want to be on that ticket anymore but how cool would it be to see eight-year-old jenna or 12-year-old tommy right on the ticket how cool is that they can go tell their friends at school they can show everybody that you make them a lifetime fan go back towards that say what you want about the bombers they put their fans on their first gray cup ring in forever like i i know people that have like hey that's me on the ring okay good for you i guess but still they tell everyone they're on the gray cup ring yeah how many people can say that yeah, exactly. Um, Marshall, really good comment here. Um, I think it's very important for the riders to start directly working with new Canadian communities such as the Filipino and South Asian communities. The CFL crowds do not really re represent that anymore, including the rider crowds, the larger community. Um, maybe look at a special, a special evenings that celebrate a specific community, which is a way of telling the community of new Canadians that they belong. And we want to introduce and include them in our highly valued 
and beloved cultural entity. And I mean, soccer, the biggest global sport, right? That's kind of what everybody flocks to. Why not Canadian football? Why not that here in Canada? So if you can tap into, I, I, I hate calling it a market, but if you can tap into a new market like that, why wouldn't you want to? At the end of the day, we're all Canadians. And was it Calgary or Edmonton that started doing the, uh, was it Punjabi or Hindi? Uh, they were Edmonton. doing a bunch of stuff. It was Edmonton on social media. Like they were, they were pushing it. And I believe they actually had a call as well on uh, over a radio station, a local radio station. Like, look at Hockey Night in Canada and Punjabi. Like, it's it is a very good way to get these people who where English is not their first language into a game that you're trying to sell. Because if it's accessible to them, they will find it. And and anybody looking around this city of Regina right now, you go back 20 years and compare it to now, it has become a very culturally diverse city. You know, it, it has changed dramatically in that department. And there is an untapped, and you, you call it, you know, you're right, I hate to say it, but an untapped market there that, again, will cost them nothing to try and attract. But they, I don't think they've ever done anything outside of, I think they've done a Ukrainian night, but this is Saskatchewan. That's that's not a new market. That is all. Awesome. Well, no, the preseason. The preseason game they had like cultural. They actually brought in a bunch of cultures, but preseason. That's I hate yeah. to say it. To be, I'm going to be cynical. Yeah. They did that to try to move more tickets for the preseason game. Yeah, and and that's honestly, if you want to try and sell a fan base or a market to the CFL, the last thing you want to do is make their first game a preseason game. Because not a lot of guys are going to come to that game and go, you know, that that was fun. That was an enjoyable game. <laughs> like, even the diehards don't care about preseason. Can't stand it. No. But could you imagine, uh, you know, like you said, in Edmonton, a, a Punjabi night or uh, something that brings those those folks in to celebrate them while we celebrate the game and maybe you get some new fans out. What's What's the harm? Are we going to miss out on another country roots night? Oh, darn. They play enough or, country music uh, as it is. You know, like we have an entire array of theme nights that we reuse over and over and over again. We've we've rehashed this and we can do this next week on. Yeah, I was going to say Festivus night. Festivus is next week. Shine on that. But <laughs> take, take a couple of those out or fill the games you don't already have with new and fun themes and market it to those crowds because they want things to do here yep. they want to feel welcomed here so welcome them um kim a saskatoon fan said traveling is too expensive every game and mentioned it last week how about a hotel deal um why is there not co-op merchandise anymore is what kim said and i mean that's i'm um, I, I know for a fact that was not co-op's decision to break ties with the riders and the branding um, with the, the chips and, and cereals and all that kind of stuff that was not from co-op. Um, so that tells you something there. I think I, 
do think co-op would like to get back into that. I really think so. Um, but like I said last week, when you're in every single small town, like a co-op is, why not put your stuff there? If you can get a fan in Kindersley to, they can't make it to games, but you can buy the cereal and you can put one on your shelf and whatnot. Why not? You're getting a cut of that money, right? So it seems easy to me. And uh, Kim also said the S stands for Saskatchewan, not Regina. Um, yes, they were the Regina Rough Riders way back when. They are the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And it does feel lately like it is really just the Saskatoon and Regina Rough Riders. That is uh, behind the curtain. I know, Kim. Hi, Kimbo. I know you watch all the time. Uh, blame Kim for me because he was my first sports editor at the Carillon. And probably the only reason why I'm still here, but legit, he's not wrong. Thanks, like Kim. this is such a Thanks, Kim. Kim thing to say. Like he is <laughs> right, easy now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I remember the small town stuff. I remember like them going to on um, away games. They'd send teams out to small towns and they do a watch party. I don't hear about that anymore. Like, wasn't, like, Avonlea, like, Ryder, officially Ryderville or something like that? Or what town was Ryderville? Yeah. Yeah. Have your communities um, have a contest. You see it with uh, Hockey Night in Canada does it every year with their, uh, you know, tours and whatnot. Submit your application to the team, why you should be Ryderville this year or for this game or whatever. And part of the Ryderville or part of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Foundation $25,000, whatever it goes to that community for an upgrade of a football field or whatever. Then you do like a watch party for banjo bowl and you send a couple of guys on the injured list or a few guys, as long as they show up wearing a rider Jersey, you can send yeah. a couple autographs. The community yeah. is going to be excited. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, Calgary's done that for the long, I don't know if they still do it, but I know pre COVID they used to do that. It was at, I want to say it was the cactus club where they had injured guys or practice roster guys. And fans showed up, and there's a bunch of prizes, and all of this. They threw, they gave away merch left, right, and center. They were literally advertising off of the fans because fans would win merch, wear merch, talk about the event, talk about the players they met, and again, cost them next to nothing because they, they can just grab merch off the store, right? Like it to me, they the riders need to do that, and that was just inside of Calgary. We have an entire province to draw from. Move that around. I mean, you may not get a huge turnout at, you know, the Avonlea. Bar. I don't know a bar in Avonlea, but right, <laughs> yeah, like, bar. It's probably hotel, right? It's yeah, a small it's town. Hotel. It's the hotel. <laughs> That's right. It's, and this it's is on the corner of Main yep. Street and First. Guaranteed. <laughs> I see you've small towned before, but throw, uh, throw an event in there. I'm from God's country, Mooseman, baby. Throw. <laughs> really go for some chicken right Red now bark. Yeah. yes but like throw throw that event in moose jaw throw it in you know do one in saskatoon and regina every now and again but there's markets all over this province that want to support you just do it and do it in the off season too well and part of the off season stuff there is uh somebody said whatever happened to the rider basketball and hockey teams that traveled around the province and played against fans in in basketball or, or teams in basketball and you got to go 
to the gym and go see that. That's pretty cool. It doesn't happen everywhere. So, well, they got the one hockey game they do in Saskatoon every year now. It's it's yeah. a fundraiser for the foundation. But it should it's, be traveling. 100%. I agree. Yeah, you have a traveling team. Like it was funny watching Charleston Hughes uh, trying to uh, skate. You know what they should do is they should pick three Rough Riders. Doesn't matter who. Do a thing where they take on the Piffles podcast in <laughs> volleyball, in basketball, in hockey. I don't care. Whatever. How cool would that be? How many people would love to oh, go to man. that and see Michael Johnson absolutely will kill me. kick the crap out of us in any kind of athletic competition? I know, Steve, you have your your 40 uh, with uh, Simone Lawrence that he keeps ducking you on. Um, but I've, I've decided I just take the win on that. He he bowed out more than enough. Right. Um, faster than Simone Lawrence. Prove me wrong. <laughs> but like how, I mean, how cool would that be? How fun would that be? I will take Micah Johnson on in boxing for 10 rounds and I will run for at least nine of them. I was going to say, how many I've watched you run. You're not running longer than a minute and a half. Uh, Okay. I will roll around on the ground and there uh, we go. (laughs) Like four second rounds. Maybe you could last that against Micah Johnson, but you could have fun with this. If you're the riders, right? Like it's, it's very easy to do, but I agree. It needs to be a travel thing and, and have it do it for the foundation. That's, I think that's great. That's what they should be doing. Um, have Brett take your chances on against maybe not Brett Lothar, but another player in a field goal kicking competition, <laughs> go up against the receiver. See how well you do. How cool would that be? That'd be fun. Not going to lie. You get, you get 10 chances to stop a, a wide receiver from catching a ball. If you do it, you get your season tickets paid for. They would well, give away the, nothing. And that's the pros versus Joe's thing again, right? Like, I mean, we've all seen that TV show that last, what, two years on Spike TV. So good, though. But, like, do something like that. Um, another another comment talking about uh, season tickets. Um, the season ticket gifts. One per ticket, not a count. Um, I think that's just a basic one that it should be anyway. But it's so garbage. <laughs> You have one account, you should be, or four tickets on one account, you should get four gifts because there's four people. It only makes sense, right? It's simple numbers. Um, anyway, um, preseason games, take them out of season ticket package, drastically reduce the price and just get kids in there. Um, I'm all for that as well, too. I well, back, hate preseason back in the games. Day, but Back in the day, though, you used to be able to give away, like you'd have a a uh, your own, your own uh, preseason ticket. But you also had one you could give away. A free voucher. Every, yeah. yeah, for every ticket you had for the preseason. Do that. Why not? Not like anyone's going to sell their tickets. Well, and now with the uh, season ticket numbers dwindling, uh, I mean, obviously you couldn't do that, you know, at the height of uh, Rider Nation fandom, you know, in 20, you know, 2007 to 2013, right? Obviously with the huge number of season tickets they had, then you couldn't do it then. But now you absolutely can, whether it's a one year off thing, that's fine. But just get people in there and hope that a handful of them want to come back. They'll make, especially on the preseason, they'll make more money on concessions than they will on the actual. Yeah. Yeah. And have an item for that game where it's a, you know, a foam finger for 10 bucks. Take your kids there. 
they get a foam finger and it's only 10 bucks. Perfect. And then who knows? Maybe they become a big fan because they got that. You never know. Side, try. side note. So when we went to the um, rush game the other night, my kids were all over the merch table. $5 stuff, $6 stuff. It was like cheapest merch. I came out of any game I've ever been to with the kids. Like stay in that, stay in that family friendly range yep. and you will sell a ton of merch. When you started, you saw the team start to do that with ticket or with that, with uh, the food vendors, having those, those $5 items across the board, have a rotating $5 merch item every game. Something that's normally 15, 20 bucks, throw it up for five bucks. Get people in the doors. Everything they do needs to be about getting people in the, in the store, in the stadium, at the watch parties, whatever it is, the more people you have watching your product, the easier pr your product is to sell unless they watch the last seven games for the last two years. Maybe not that. You're good until Labor Day. You're good until Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. um, and the last comment we're going to bring out here, it's actually a very long comment. Um, done by friend of the show, uh, Jeff Fairholm, who uh, is... Really quite opinionated on this, actually. Or as um, I like to call him, a replacement Steve. Oh, man, we almost had to call an audible. Steve wasn't about to do this week, so the, the I was this close, dialing Jeff, up Jeff's this number. close to be called in. Yeah. yeah, I was dialing up Jeff's number. Um, <laughs> Sorry to let you guys down. Yeah, thanks a lot, Steve. Could have had Jeff Hare home again. Um, but he says, and, and we talked about two corporate and two community. Um, he said that term the team being too corporate or too community-based is interesting. And he agrees that there needs to be some sort of happy medium. Analytics be damned. People do not feel connected to the team as much anymore. We spoke a lot about the players. And yes, he understands that they're now getting paid. He has issues with that, but he didn't realize that an organization wanting a player appearance actually has to pay. It's weird, but it may be a sign of the times. I do understand that the money in this form does go to the foundation, which is a tremendous thing. Uh, Greg, I, I know you're going to like hearing this. The metaphor that Greg mentioned is so true. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Um, however, the allure of the new stadium has begun to wear off, if not completely worn off, and people need a connection in Saskatchewan. I believe a happy medium between two corporate and two community is needed badly. Uh, Chris Jones certainly had a negative effect on the community aspect of things, but I do think the players are doing all they can and they are made aware of things. We talked about the rider rep thing um, regarding that. I think we were missing out on a free sales force, if you will. I understand there were management issues with the program, but I also believe again, a happy medium can be made. And those folks uh, with help from the riders, of course, would be just the people to do it. Making it, make it exciting again for people to travel on buses, a la the banjo bowl. We have a lot of fun on those buses. Um, I've my very first like rider road trips were on, when riderville.com did uh, the bus trips, we did uh, playoff games, we did banjo bowls, a blast. And because it was set up by the riders with you know, obviously help from volunteers on the bus, it felt like you were going with the team, right? Because you're connected to that Riderville, to the brand. Um. Comments about packages, including hotels, would be awesome. That would also help minimize the too expensive uh, comment. Um, 
He said, I understand that the corporate culture is amazing, but I cannot help but wonder if the sales folks are getting out uh, all they can from the sponsorship companies, packages for employees, team building, et cetera, et cetera. On that, we're seeing a lot. Okay, Brandt uh, got a boatload of tickets last year for one of the games. You could well, not, you could see they were all given black t-shirts. Um, you that that was half the stadium for that game. Well, then because it was also a Thursday night game. That's a great way to fill a stadium on a Thursday night. Is when your one of your major sponsors is doing a worldwide conference yeah. in Regina. Yeah. But again, go to your major, major corporate sponsors, figure something out. How can we get your employees to come to games? Um, whether it's giving them a discounted ticket, a free ticket, I don't know, whatever, but get them there and get them spending their money. Um, this one I really liked, and I see this. There's a guy that you might have heard from. His name is Sidney Crosby. He plays hockey. He's actually kind of good at it. Um what you delivers delivers season tickets in Pittsburgh to season ticket holders. When what about asking players and alumni to deliver season tickets? I know it's all be, digital now, but it's all digital now. That's the worst part. Is it would switching to digital killed all that fun stuff? But you can have something like that. The Regina Pats do it, and I know obviously junior the rush did it. Like it, like that, and that's a major league, right? The the National Lacrosse League. You could you could make that work. Now I get it with the small towns and everything. That's a little bit difficult. That's you know not quite a full time job for a while, but it's a full time job they, for a while. But they don't do everybody. They they legit don't do everybody. They pick yeah. like up maybe a hundred names, and they get their tickets delivered. But it still makes a great moment on online. People have a story to tell. People put it on their socials. Like, well, here's your make so, moments. I, make moments in this in, in the in the day and age of digital. Okay, with the tickets, you're not giving them tickets. You're giving them their season ticket holder gift, whatever that ends yeah. up being, whether it's your shoelace or a sticker, whatever it is. But how cool is it if KSB rings on your doorbell? You open your door. Keen Schaefer Baker standing there, and he's like, "Hey, I heard you're a season ticket holder." Thank you. Personally, here's your gift. What else do you have that you want me to sign? And you start talking to him and he asks you how you became a fan and, and blah, blah, blah. And you start asking him, you learn about him. Oh my God. KSB's my guy. That is my guy. I'm getting his Jersey because he came to my house. There it is. Well, and that goes right back to, I mentioned before, you have those collector's edition season ticket packages, make up a hundred of those. And hand them out to your 100 fans that you pick this year. And, and do that every single year. I remember growing up, season ticket day was an actual physical event. At that the was stadium. cool. That was awesome. Right? Like you go in, there was players there. They were free hot dogs. You got to run around on Taylor Field. It was an event. It was the kickoff to that particular season. You'd made it through the winter. It's time to go. Now, Season ticket day is a day I get an email. I can upload my tickets. Yeah. Save to your uh, digital wallet. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's no longer something to look forward to. And the CFL as a whole needs to find ways to keep themselves in the news and being talked about and having events. We talked about CFL week in the past. 
you know, there was all these things that happened in the off season that people look forward to. And now it's just, Hey, well, we got season ticket or uh, schedule release day tomorrow. And then free agency in February. And I guess we'll see you in the preseason. That was it. That's, that's what we've got now. Oh, come on. The combines in there. Everyone, everyone watches the combine, right? It's on available on. Yeah. It's so easy to, to find online with their stream that they do for it. Yeah. But like, imagine, imagine you said a KSB walks into your house. You you've made a house full of fans for life. And I know you talked about Crosby. They obviously let people know ahead of time that somebody's coming and they have, they bring their whole family, not even people that live there. You would see <laughs> 10, 15 people at that house for whichever player was showing up because it was a big deal. And it was something exciting. And it was a member of that team was coming out. You would get the exact same thing here. If you got some of the big names, you got Trevor Harris coming to my house. Yeah. I'm probably calling up you guys being like, Hey, I got QB one coming. You guys want to come you got anything for him to sign? Right, like emergency pod. If Trevor Harris show up at your house, we're doing an emergency pod. Yeah, that's what's happening. (laughs) Like, give him one of those rider uh, trucks from whatever company that they've got sponsored nowadays. I think it's Capital. Yeah, and have them riding that rider truck all over town, handing out these collector's edition tickets and making fans. Cost them gas, and it probably costs Capital gas. Yeah, the team could probably walk away from that scot free. market the team yeah so some really really great comments great discussions going on on that there and you can tell that there's frustration from the fans based on this uh, but that also shows that they want it improved um jeff Fairholme made the comment that apathy is is kind of starting to set in and, and he's absolutely right and that's the worst thing that can happen is when people stop caring your brand dies and none of yeah. us want that as, as yeah, frustrated as you can be with uh, the on the field stuff, off the field stuff. We all want to support. And that's what I've seen from the fan base here over the last couple of weeks with their comments is they want to support. How can I support this team, especially being a community owned team, make it a community owned team and make me feel like I'm part of that and have a say in, in, whatever so lots of great comments thank you for uh giving them your opinion on those um because there's more that feel exactly like you do and and want the same things and keep the discussion going because there's some really good stuff out there like it's it's awesome i love it yeah don't want it to go away keep uh not not hounding the riders but just keep letting them know that there there is ways to get back to having that connection again. And I think we all want that. Everybody wants that. And and right now, Winnipeg is doing a masterful job in that. We need to take that back from them because they've taken a lot of stuff from us uh, to become the flagship franchise in the CFL right now. That's them. And it's not even close in my mind. It needs to be Saskatchewan again because we have the biggest fan base and we can make it happen again so well that's a long opening kickoff presented by kathy yes, it is. Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Um, kathy got her money this week holy yes crap. she did um, 
<laughs> jump to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Uh, not a lot going on around the CFL. A couple of re-signings for teams here and there. We're not talking about them. That's other teams. We don't care about them. Um, schedule out Thursday, 12 p.m. Really quick on that. I mean, we know you're going to play every team twice, once home, once away, and then you're going to have two Western teams you're going to play three times instead of twice. So we know what the schedule is. It's not going to be anything new. Um, but my question is, who do you want the Riders home opener to be against? The obvious one, Cody Fajardo and the Alouettes. We Ooh, didn't get the game last year. Huh? I said that's a good one. Well, that's the obvious one. We didn't get the game last year. He just won a ring. If you want to hype the crap out of that game, that's Friday night football, probably week two because I would need to open at home. Yep. And that that is your main event of the weekend. And you added Cody Darnell Bajardo Sankey comes... and Sean Lemon and some of the comments that they had about Saskatchewan after the Grey Cup yeah. and, and whatnot. Like there, yeah. There's a lot you can do with that one. That's Cody Fajardo coming in with his you just watch. <laughs> and yeah, right there. You know, as much as I would love the the Cody uh, Fajardo reunion tour uh, to kick off the season, for me, it's got to be Calgary. We know with the with the Bombers, it's going to be Labor Day and Banjo Bowl. And we know, I, I don't want to see BC early. I want to see them late. Calgary is, to me, still our biggest rival. I grew up watching those, you know, the 2000-era team where it was, Winnipeg was an afterthought. They were either an Eastern Division team or they sucked. Those and it was good great. Times. Or both. Or Those both. were delightful times. <laughs> or both, yes. I I still remember that rivalry that Burris ignited between us and Calgary. And I still hate that team to my core. Love their fans. Hate that team to my core. I can't decide if I hate the Stampeders or Chris Strebler more. It's close. <laughs> that, that bad, huh? I, I always will. I pitied the Bombers forever. Now it's 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 starting to angle back towards that hate again because of their their recent success. But it was pity for the longest time. See, um, I grew up go... a Bomber fan, so I hated them always. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, against you guys here. I want the team to start out with a win, so please give me Edmonton uh, or Ottawa. Ottawa, I was um, say Ottawa. Yeah, Edmonton might be good this year. It's not. It's not the. Uh, it's not the sexy game, but. Get the get the Riders winning at home to start the year. That'll uh, get things no. going. You want to rank the you want those winnable games in the last half of the season so we can actually win after Labor Day. Yeah, I want one after Labor Day. Like we can lose seven to oh, start. I, I don't care. Let's I hope there's an Ottawa game back. later in the year. That'd be great. <laughs> we lost that one this I year. Yeah. I was like, that didn't work so well this year. No. We had both of them and we lost both. So. Either way, just get a win. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it's against. Um, in December, the CFL teams all announced 10 neg list players. Um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I don't know anything about these guys. I don't follow college football, but I know there's some guys that are probably going to be playing in bowl games coming up. Um, I, I went through the list for every play, uh, every team this year and not, not a name he stuck out. Like, I remember I, seeing Easton Stick on Edmonton's uh, neg list a few years ago. He's starting in the NFL now. I know. Uh, wow. And then my, my boy, uh, I can't even think of his name anymore, the guy I fell in love with, who bounced around the NFL and then the XFL. Oh, God, what was his name? 
But yeah, he, he's he's nowhere now. But you know, yeah, I, the only thing to take from this list for me is you know, <laughs> you have a potential all-name team player with vicarious keys. That's that. Just I saw that CFL names. I, I, I saw that and I'm like, that dude is a character from Key and Peel. And I watched those Key and Peel <laughs> football introductions for about an hour because there's a lot of them and it was amazing. But yeah, no, the Kerry Keys is a great name. I, I miss the days of the teams like messing with that list. What was it? BC did an all QB list the one year. That was great. I love that. We have, we have 10 QBs on our neg- negotiation list. I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, but that's the most. I mean, that's the most important position in football. Um, those are that's who people, the fans, want to know who's going to be the next quarterback. And there's nobody more popular here in Saskatchewan than the backup quarterback. So these are the only three names I'm going to li- uh, name off this list. They're on the CFL website. You can go see the whole thing there. Um, but Chase Garbers out of California, Jordan McLeod from James Madison, and Zach Zabrowski from Central Missouri. Um, I'm rooting for Zach Zabrowski to, um, yeah, to to show up in Saskatchewan and make the team because the last guy from Central Missouri that I remember quarterback being on this team. You guys know this is like my favorite player of all time. You hey, guys, all time, oh, God, Dennis. I knew where yes, he was going yes. with this. Minute he said yep. Central Missouri. Yeah, I, I think I'm still president of his official fan club, which we did, you know, 20 years ago. Um, should resurrect that again. Uh, he's actually a quarterback coach now. Like, I think I'm the only one who doesn't have an official fan club. You, you obviously have Guile. He's got Toasten. I don't. I was early on the Western Wrestler train, but at least he was a good player. <laughs> hey, Dennis Guile, he held those uh, those field goals really, really well for Paul McCallum. If, if he's a quarterback coach now, is it a situation where those who can't do teach? Can't play coach? Yeah. Hey, Drew, Drew Tate's a running back coach. Let's uh, let's let's, <laughs> let's be careful here. Honestly, the name that actually, out of those three, Cal, uh, Cal is the only real Div 1 school there. And I'm kind of curious what Chase Garbers can do. But. Maybe he's the next Aaron Rodgers out of Cal. Yeah. Um, the one name that stood out to me at the quarterback position had nothing to do with the Riders. I don't know. I can't remember which team it was, but one of the teams had uh, to his brother, Tagovailoa's uh, younger brother on the list. Yeah, I know. And I saw that what? too. I was guaranteed, like, wait a second. That was announced. I guaranteed he was... never comes up here. But that's a guy you want on the list for these for these release the list names because that's going to get talked about. Well, at least they stopped putting, uh, what was it, Colin Kaepernick was on Hamilton's and well, Montreal's or whatever. <laughs> well, that's it. I was going to say, like, remember, like, the first, like I said, with messing with the list, there's, like, one team One team also did, like, all guys that are already in the NFL. Like, they're yeah. never coming here. Um, it's almost like well, the league told them to start maybe taking it seriously. No, or at least yeah, pretend no. like you are. It, it became a joke. So, I mean, bowl season's here where you're going to have uh, – Jeez, there's so many bowl games. They're ridiculous. How do we not have a Piffles podcast bowl in the NCAA yet? We, we probably get... could. We probably could, yeah. By the way, 20... it's the Ticats that have uh, Tua's brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that here's 20 bucks. Here's a here's a bowl game. You can have a couple four and seven teams play. Um, 
last thing we're going to talk about this week, um, and we'll do it really, really quick because it doesn't really mean much now anyway, but the early 2024 Grey Cup odds were released. Uh, Three Down Nation has them posted on their website. Um, no surprises with Winnipeg and Toronto being the top two, plus 200 for Winnipeg, plus 225 for Toronto, BC at 600, Montreal at 600, um, Calgary at 1,000, Hamilton at 1,200, the Riders 1,400, Ottawa 2,800, Edmonton 3,000. Um, I know rosters aren't even close to being set yet. But that plus fourteen hundred on the Riders to win the Grey Cup next year—that doesn't the look too bad right now. That, like legit, a bet of a hundred dollars wins you fifteen hundred. That is not like throw twenty bucks on that. Who cares? You spend twenty bucks on dumber things, worse things. Yeah, on dumber <laughs> things. Do. Like I know I do. As Greg sitting there wearing piffle, wearing piffles merch. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, as you can see by the helmets behind me, um, that fourteen hundred is very, very friendly for the riders. I think, like the fact that Calgary is above us, really makes me scratch my head. Hamilton that above much us, above us too, and and same thing with Hamilton. It's like, like yeah, Winnipeg. Uh, the, the disrespect Montreal is getting as the incoming uh, champion. Uh, I think Just Cody Bajardo has a few the... things to say about that. If you take a look at that list, it's basically the playoff teams at the end of reg- uh, the regular season is all that was. You had the the third and second seed teams kind of halfway down, the teams that missed the playoffs at the bottom. But when you got a guy like Corey Mace coming in and a drastic culture change in Saskatchewan in on the horizon, I'll take 14 to 1 all day long in a nine-team league. I realize we only have four cups. And I would be out of house and home if I bet on the riders every year. But this feels like a good one. This feels like the time to to get on that bandwagon early. But even, and I hate to say this because I, I should know better. Edmonton at plus 3,000. I am sorry. Like, this is what, year three of a Chris Jones team? Like, this is where that team usually finds its footing. Uh, that's worth throwing like 10, 20 bucks out as a why not? Um, what the hell? Why not? Like that's worth a sprinkle. Like I wouldn't say put the mortgage on it, but like, would it be a Jesus turn that sprinkle? around? Or is that just for Montreal? Now? No, that's for Montreal. Well, no, that, 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 and that's, that's gone for F U G W. Don't, uh, don't listen to Piffle's podcast for our gambling predictions. Don't, no, don't, no. don't do that. <laughs> I, I used to be a degenerate and I used to do well. And then I s- stopped for obvious reasons. Now you're still a degenerate. I'm still a degenerate, but I just don't gamble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and still no announcement on the league's last big swing for expansion into the Maritimes. That'll keep going for, we were supposed to get an it's update not on happening. That. It's not happening. We that, were supposed that, that's to get an swing. update from Randy Ambrosi going to the governor's last week and we never got it. So yeah, that tells you everything you need to know there. It's not happening. If, if there was any good news to come out of that, we would have heard all of it. They would have been shouting it from the rooftop. Yep. The, the biggest problem with the Maritimes, and it's always been the problem with the Maritimes, they don't have an appetite to build a stadium. You might be able to sell it as a one-off with a temporary stadium. They do not want to put the money in to build a stadium. 
And without nope. that, you're not going to get an owner because no one's going to put their own money to build the stadium out there. Yeah. It's that simple. It's a bad combination. But anyway, I'm sure we'll hear from Randy Ambrosi probably before Christmas with some some good news regarding that. We're, we're making progress on the conversations. I'm sure we'll hear something like that, but that's the that's the layout right now. So, um, but with not a lot going on right now, that's really all there is in the CFL to talk about. Next week, we're going to do our little Festivus. Uh, I want you guys to give me your Riders Christmas wish list. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a whole bunch of re-signings before then. Um, Wins after Labor Day. <laughs> and we're going to um, look at free agents from other teams we want to bring in, but we're going to focus on the Argos because, obviously, Corey Mace. Um, there's some big-time players on uh, defense that are free agents, potential free agents, that I would love to see follow their former head coach uh, and be their current head coach again. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. But I'm looking forward to Festivus because I have a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, are we going to have to do the test of strength? The feats of strength? Yeah, we probably should. Um, I don't know what kind of pole we'll use. I'll, I'll uh, get aluminum pole the, if I have yeah, to. Yeah, the aluminum pole. Um, yeah, we'll figure something out. But it'll be a pizza strength. I'm out. But it will be a festivus for the rest of us. So it'll be it'll be fun. We'll have fun with it. Um, probably giving each other the gears more than anything. Uh, <laughs> but that'll be next week on the Piffles Podcast. Um, of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thank you, of course, to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making the show possible. Uh, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting on uh, on social media a lot this last week. Keep that going. We love hearing everybody's comments. Thanks for watching on YouTube, Sastel Max TV On Demand. We really do appreciate it. We hope you enjoy. Um, and as always, this is Tyler Gilbert with Ghost Behind Your Mind. Sir.